all, thanks for joining us on the Cream of the Crop podcast dedicated to agriculture. We talk to top leaders, share top ideas, and discuss top trends and products. We get to the heart of ag and put the issues on the table. Welcome to the Cream of the Crop podcast via Zoom. Today we have Miss Brittany Lee. Hi, Brittany. Hi. How are you? You know, doing well. Thank you. How are you guys doing? We are doing good for the circumstances. You know, we're doing all this from home now, so it's not as much fun. But if you could just give us like a backstory of how you got involved in the blueberry industry. Um, anyone that hops on this is going to know your name, I'm sure, um, being a powerhouse in the industry um, as a whole. So tell us how you got started farming, how you got started in the blueberry world. How we got started in the blueberry industry is probably a little bit different than than most people. You know, we're this is a first generation farm. We started it back in 2010. Uh, my parents, when they got married in the early 70s, started a land development business um, for ag real estate, you know, and, and that had been the, the family business and, and their focus for you know, the, the latter part of the 19th, what is it, 1900s, 20th century, and then going into the 21st century. So the the farm that, you know, our, our blueberry farm actually is a piece of property that we originally had developed through that uh, company, sold, and then we reacquired it. Uh, and then kind of in 2007, 2008, uh, we wanted to go into something a little bit more commercially intensive as far as agriculture. Um, you know, we had extensive background in civiculture management, which is of course, part of the ag industry, but just not as as uh, commercially intensive as maybe you know blueberries or or several other specialty crops. So, um, you know, around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, we started clearing the pines uh, and developing the the lot to put into blueberries. Uh, we got up to one hundred and twelve acres at one point in uh, irrigation. But right now, about uh, a little less than half of that is in transition. Uh, we've taken out some of the older fields, and they need to be replanted to um, kind of update them with the, the newer varieties and um, the, you know the more commercially appropriate varieties for our area. Gotcha. So this is a family farm. Is it primarily run by your family? Yes. So uh, it's it's owned by my mother. My brother and sister and I all have involvement uh, and I took over the full-time management of the farm uh, maybe six years ago. Um, Before that I was involved. Um, We had a a farm manager uh, but I was involved you know daily back then. Recently we have uh, started with Florida Ag Care uh, managing the farm on a full-time basis so I can kind of concentrate on some of the other uh, involvements that, that I have in the industry. That's really cool that you have kind of seen it come full, full circle from the very start until now you actually having to reach out for other people to manage it so you can focus on other things. Um, what does a Florida Blue Farms do differently than anyone else? Is there something that you can think of that you're like, oh, we're different because of this? You know, I think that this year very specifically, uh, we probably push the limits on machine harvesting. Um, I would be surprised if anyone machine harvested more of their fresh fruit than we did as a percentage of the farm. Uh, we, we machine picked about two thirds of our 
of our total production, which, um, like I said, for, for the industry is, that's pretty aggressive. Um, you know, Southern Highbush blueberries traditionally were not machine harvestable, though the University of Florida IFAS breeding program over the last several years has come out with several varieties that are a little bit crispier and, and definitely more conducive to machine harvest. Um, but because of the uncertainty of labor, um, you know, going forward, you know, we've always used H2A labor, but, you know, sometimes they don't come on time and it's definitely much more expensive. Um, so, you know, those two things coupled together, we've, we've really tried to push the envelope. Um, and then of course this year with COVID-19, uh, there was a just major deflation in, in price and so we had to, uh, get a little bit more economical wherever we could and shaving um, the the labor cost by going much more uh, weighted toward machine harvest. Um, you know, I, I think that was a good decision. Um, but again, I, I think that, you know, two thirds of our, of our production this year being machine harvested, I think that's high, um, you know, in comparison to the rest of the, the Florida industry. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. And um, when you started talking about labor and not having like secure labor and us relying on H2A workers and all these different things, it, it led me to think of something that um, I have heard in the industry is that you're really involved in different associations um, to create change and better the industry. Um, so what are some of those associations that you're involved with and like what roles do you play in those? So I am the executive director for the Florida Blueberry Growers Association. Um, you know, I was the I'm past president, uh, and uh, I guess last fall, the board made the decision that uh, it would make more sense going forward to have one person, you know, kind of leading the, the team, um, you know, as the board is constantly shifting and, and focusing on other things. Um, so instead of taking a second term as president, I became the executive director uh, and Ryan Atwood took over as the president. And then when, you know, he moves on from his term, there will be another president. But we felt that it, for the industry, it just was um, beneficial to have a cohesive, you know, and consistent uh, leadership team. Uh, then I sit on the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, which is a federally appointed position by the Secretary of Ag. And I have another federal appointment on the uh, fruit and Vegetable ATAC, the Ag Technical Advisory Committee for Trade. Um, then I serve on several boards, uh, Florida Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association, uh, my County Farm Bureau Board. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that I can't think of right now, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the old adage that the world is run by those who show up is definitely true. Um, and I know that, especially in the, the recent past, there have been a lot of things that benefited the Florida blueberry industry uh, and Florida agriculture uh, that were directly uh, a result of people, not just like myself, but, uh, you know, the great leaders in our industry in the state constantly being at the table, constantly showing up. Uh, and advocating for Florida agriculture. I was going to say when you were, you know, listing all these federally appointed committees that you're on, I'm like, first off, 
how did you get to be like this successful like this? It just sounds like, you know, such abundance amount of pressure that you have, um, not only at the farm, but your other job in real estate. And then now all these different committees, but I'm also like inspired by it because you told us this is a first generation farm. So it's not like you've had generations before you to lean on for this stuff. You truly have made a name for not only yourself, but um, your company and your family's company. So how did you, I know you said that just showing up, but how did you navigate and be able to like get onto all these different committees and boards and have your voice heard? Well, I think that um, first of all, I have a hard time saying no. Um, and I, I like to influence positive change. And so if, if there's ever an opportunity where I think that I can be helpful to somebody um, or something, you know, an industry or whatever, offered that that help and that work. And, you know, I, I grew up uh, being taught by my parents that services the rent for living. Um, I can't remember who that quote is attributed to, but, you know, I think it's very important that a community is only as strong as, you know, its volunteers and its leaders and its, its people who serve the community. So whether that community is your local community or the ag industry or, uh, you know, even greater, you know, I think it's important that people give back to strengthening that community. So, um, you know, and if I've ever seen something that I, I think that I could possibly help someone else or something else, like I said, um, you know, I was just always taught to, to get involved and, and to do that. So, you know, it starts small by having somebody identify you and think, oh, you'd be great on this board. Would you, would you be willing? And then it kind of just domino effects from there, I, I think. That's really awesome. And, and I think, you know, what you said about just showing up in your communities and that a community is only as strong as its volunteers and stuff. Um, people don't realize that most people that are involved in the ag industry are also involved in other nonprofits and things in their communities that they um, not only financially support, but actually physically support and go and help these um, organizations succeed. So it's really cool that you have just basically a servant's heart and that has what has led you to have all this different opportunity and allow your voice to be heard. So I'm really inspired by it. Um, I did want to ask you though, being the executive well, you. director, <laughs> you're welcome, being the executive director of the Florida Blueberry Growers Association sounds like a really big responsibility. So what does that look like for you? Like, how do you navigate the day-to-day? -day? Like, what do you do in that role? So it depends on, you know, the time of year. We have typically two meetings uh, a year. So, of course, it's coordinating those meetings, um, helping with the agenda and the speakers. Though so we have a really great uh, board and, and team that normally fills the agenda. Um, so I, I don't normally have to do too much of that. Um, you know, just finding the facilities and things like that. Whatever it takes to run a meeting. Um, but really, depending on the time of year, you know, I, I think that um, we have really increased our voice legislatively and our involvement um, in when things are being legislated that have to do with Florida blueberries or that could impact Florida blueberries. We've always tried to stay out front of that issue and make sure that our voice is heard uh, beforehand, as opposed to having to find out that there's a new law or policy and then have to go and fix it afterward 
which of course is a lot more difficult. Um, but also, you know, recently we had Hurricane Irma that hit the, went the I went directly over some of our growers uh, and we were left out of uh, the hurricane relief for that. So, you know, advocating on a, on a federal level and on a state level for, for growers to be included in some of those relief, you know, hurricane uh, whip disaster type type programs. And then of course, with the coronavirus food assistance program um, that we were left out of originally uh, and had to kind of make sure that our, um, that our industry voice was heard uh, and we were finally included in that. So um, it's kind of, it's a lot of little things here and there. Um, it's hard, hard to explain in um, just a concise sentence or two, but yeah. basically, you know, just being, helping our board be a voice for, for Florida blueberries. That's awesome. Um, the only like group that I've been a part of similar to that would be like Farm Bureau. Um, in college, I got to charter our Farm Bureau chapter at Warner University. And that was my first like real experience in like advocating um, on a state and national level, like straight to your congressman about why our growers are hurting from what they're about to do. Um, so for you to be able to do that like year after year is really awesome. And I certainly love policy and I'm very interested by it. Um, but for you to not only enjoy it, but enjoy it enough to stand up on behalf of the growers that may not know how to navigate that issue and may not know who to go talk to for you to kind of be the liaison. That's, that's really awesome. Um, we've talked about how much stuff you do and I just don't know how you ever sleep because of all the different things that you have going on. Um, (laughs) but how do you manage, um, in your bio, I read that you're involved in real estate, um, rural and agriculture, real estate. Um, how do you balance that? Because in my head, that's a full-time job and farming is a full-time job on top of your many other responsibilities. So how do you balance the two? And I know that there is a little bit of overlap between the real estate because it is focused on ag. So tell us how that goes. So our, our, our real estate company has, you know, has been winding down over the last several years. Um, so that, that has slowed. Um, but really, you know, I think that there's a major overlap in, in a lot of things. I was telling someone recently, you know, the importance of cultivating your network and you never know, you know, what person that you've run into in the past is going to, you know, be a, a key piece, you know, in a situation in your future. Um, so it's the same thing with real estate, you know, maybe there's somebody that I ran into farming that then would be interested in, in, a real estate piece that we have or, or vice versa. Um, but really the real estate company, like I said, you know, it, that's been um, winding down over the last several years. Uh, my parents are looking to retire and uh, not have as, as large of a, of a company there. So that's, that's one thing. And then I would say a very aggressive um, Google and Apple calendar that reminds me what I'm supposed to be doing when, when I'm supposed to be doing it helps, helps keep me on my feet. I'm all about like a color coordinated calendar. That's how I survive. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely appreciate that. Um, So are there anything, like, is there anything that um, your farm is going to be implementing like to grow or do you guys have plans to continue growing? 
um, in the blueberry industry, like as far as acreage, but also different innovative ideas and stuff? So we're constantly looking at new um, innovations and, and what can make our farm more efficient. Uh, I would say recently, some of those things have been more um, machinery that we might have acquired that helps us be more efficient and reduce labor. Um, as far as uh, planting, I, I don't think that we're going to get past 112 acres anytime soon. Um, right now, like I said, we've got a, about half the farm in transition that, that needs to be replanted. So going into this next year, we're probably only going to be about 61 acres of, of blueberries. So, Well, I still think that 61 acres is a lot more than a lot of people can handle. So you're doing great as far as that goes. <laughs> Is there any advice that you would give to someone who maybe wants to get involved in a lot of different um, committees or boards or stuff um, to speak on behalf of the agriculture industry, not even just blueberries? What advice would you give them if they're trying to navigate to um, get to that place that you have now been at? I would say it's important, uh, like I said earlier, not just to cultivate your network, but to to know your state representatives, to know your state senators, to know your congressmen and your senators. Um, it, it's important to have an open relationship. And the, I think the greatest feeling is um, when one day one of those people calls you and asks you, hey, this, is kind of, this came across my desk. What do you think about that? Um, you know, because keeping an open relationship and, and an open conversation, not just when you need something, mm -hmm. just, hi, how are you? You know, I'm Brittany Lee and I'm a Florida blueberry grower. Um, you know, this is, this is our struggle. These, this is what our industry has done. You know, we're, we're an important part of your constituents. Um, so I think, um, you know, I think our, our leaders in DC and in Tallahassee want to hear from you know mm -hmm. their their constituents and they want to hear how the their decisions affect you know the people that they're serving so i would say just you know an open conversation there you know you mentioned florida farm bureau you know, florida farm bureau has trips to tallahassee and to dc yearly get involved with your your local farm bureau and see if you can go on one of those two trips um, and and they'll they teach you how to advocate they teach you how to be involved in in policy um, but I think you know like I said just kind of being aware of, of what's going on and knowing what's going to be happening uh, before it's legislated for you is, is also an important thing um, I think a lot of times we just uh, sometimes people in agriculture and just in, in general, they don't want to deal with it. They, they think somebody's going to make the right decision and, um, you know, I'll just let it happen and just tell me what I have to do. Uh, and that, that's not always the best thing. I think especially for agriculture, you know, there is a, a great understanding of agriculture in D.C., but it's not a great understanding of specialty crops. And we do have... Uh, a very different nature of business and um, how things affect our business than, you know, the other general ag uh, that you find in the Midwest or um, elsewhere. So, you know, I think just educating people on, on who you are, what your business is, and, and making sure that when you get a new state senator or a new 
representative, um, you know, go see them, make an appointment, write a letter. Um, you know, starting the conversation, I think, is always the, the first first thing. There's two things that you said that really caught my attention, and it would be the last thing you just said about it's as simple as writing a letter um, and just sharing your thoughts. Because I really do think that the things that we say and the things we write down as advocates um, do make a difference. And I'm sure you've seen that firsthand with um, the Florida Blueberry Growers Association helping make change. Um, also, the other thing was that building a relationship with those congressmen and representatives are important when not just when we need something. So letting them know when a policy has greatly affected us in a positive way and thanking them for that. Building those relationships are so important. And I know that their Farm Bureau does a great job at allowing people to go. Um, and I don't think that any agriculture industry or association is going to turn down someone that wants to learn knowledge. So, you know, they want to grasp how does farming Absolutely. work? If you don't know that, go. I mean, someone's going to help you along the way. So I think it's just as simple as asking those tough questions, being present, um, and then just doing what you can. So I just want to thank you again for hopping on and just having a few yeah. minutes of conversation with us about what you do um, and how you manage it all. I'm very impressed. Um, so thanks again for sharing your little bits of knowledge with us. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast has been a presentation of Has Media, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Highland Ag Solutions. 